0: I'm Jamelyn Steffen, and this is Want to Want It, episode number 25, Being Wrong. Welcome to Want to Want It, a podcast for women of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are ready to ignite not only their sexual desire, but all of their desires to create a more fulfilling life and marriage. I'm Jamelyn Steffen. I'm a certified life coach, a wife, and a mother of seven children. I'm excited to share my personal journey to desire with you. And teach you how to desire more as well. Welcome to the podcast today. It is August already. Now, here in Canada, our kids get about eight, nine weeks of summer vacation, and it tends to fly by. August always comes faster than I anticipate. And September, when we start school again, is just here before you know it. So, my goal this summer is to just love it all, even if it goes quickly. I've decided that if it feels fast, that means that we're loving it because time actually only ever goes slow, but I want it to go fast so that I can end whatever my current misery is. So a fast summer has to mean that it's a fantastic one, right? Today, I want to talk about the wildly popular topic of being wrong. Now, it's probably not popular to you, but it's popular in my brain because I think about it a lot and I love it. Now, I know that the idea of being wrong is not a new concept, but I remember when I first learned the idea of being okay with being wrong. Kind of blew my mind. Adam Grant is an organizational psychologist and he calls it the joy of being wrong. He actually studies how amazing life can be when we are open to being wrong. So first of all, it can be so relieving to know that some of the things that we feel like we know are wrong or incomplete. There is so much social pressure to be right all the time, which is hilarious because we all want to be right, but we understand that we can't all always be right, but we put this pressure on ourselves to be right all the time. So when we first tell ourselves the truth that, hey, not everything I think is necessarily right or complete, it feels like a huge weight has been lifted off of our shoulders. We don't have to spend our time trying to prove that we have it all figured out. And then we can start using that energy to start learning and growing and expanding our understanding of ourselves and the world around us. Have you ever had something that You've done a lot, and then somebody comes along and teaches you an easier way to do it. My kids have taught me so many tricks on my iPhone that have made it so much easier to use. It's not because I was necessarily doing anything wrong per se, but being willing to take a little direction or correction from my children actually improved my enjoyment of my phone and my efficiency in using it. Another way that you can look at this idea of the joy of being wrong or being okay to be wrong is called intellectual humility. It's a willingness to reconsider your current view or idea of the truth and not becoming defensive when your view is challenged. And it's also controlling your need to be right. To have intellectual humility, you have to let go of self-importance and pride. You have to actually detach your self-esteem From whether you are right or wrong. When you are intellectually humble, you recognize and own that we all have intellectual limitations, everybody, all the humans. Again, not everything we think is right or complete for any of us. And when we acknowledge that, we actually open ourselves up to gaining more knowledge, more truth, and definitely more understanding. Now, of course, because we all love the idea of being humble and recognize that humility is actually a very desirable trait evidence says that more people will claim intellectual humility or say that they are okay to be wrong than actually are in studies that have been conducted the people who say they are they are okay to be wrong or rate themselves high on the intellectual humility scale often exaggerate or overinflate their humility rating compared to those who actually have a higher level of intellectual humility, those people are way more likely to downplay or give themselves a lower self-rating on the scale. So it's often the people outside of us who know us that can be a better judge of our actual level of intellectual humility. But maybe don't go and ask your kids. Actually, maybe maybe go ask them. It might be very insightful. I mean, the reality is it's going to be hard to find anybody in the world that doesn't have a bit of a biased opinion so you know maybe maybe don't ask anybody whether they think you're good at being wrong or not but regardless I think there's value for everyone to work on their ability to be wrong. I am working on this. I notice often I have a long ways to go but it's been so life-changing for me. Studies show That our brain can react to attacks on our beliefs the same way it will react to a threat on our physical body. And so of course, we want to protect ourselves. We want to gather around others that think like we do because that's going to feel safe. We want to keep ourselves safe. Remember when I talked about the motivational triad and that desire to be safe? It's so deeply embedded in us. It is safe to be around like-minded people. And I would say that it's actually good for us to be around like-minded people when they encourage us to be better, but it's also good to be around people who see the world differently than we do. Now, I don't think we need to purposely surround ourselves with people who genuinely are encouraging evil, right? But I think sometimes we have to be careful about what we judge as evil, because that's just a way sometimes for us to remove the responsibility that we have. To look at ourselves and see if there are things that we could do better or reconsider. I'll admit that there have been some really uncomfortable, politically charged ideas that I feel like have been put in front of my face over the last several years that I felt instantly repelled by because they felt unsafe. They felt like they were attacks on my belief. But as I've opened myself up to consider, Is there something here that I agree with? Is there something here I could learn? Is there something here that I don't want to look at because it's going to require me to change and I don't want to change? Or is it possible that I have been wrong about this? When I consider these types of questions, then I find that these seemingly controversial conversations actually provide a lot of goodness in my life because they allow me at times to become more certain about the truths that I already knew, but maybe felt a little bit shaky on. I just become more sure and confident, not in a, I'm digging my heels in and I have to be right kind of way, but just a more sure confidence because I've been open to exploring it all. They've also allowed me to look at myself with a little more scrutiny and admit that there are places that I have lacked acceptance or compassion or openness And once I stopped living in this kind of flight or fight about certain subjects, the more open I was to taking the good from them into my life. Here's an interesting thing to understand about humans. Overall, we think critical people are actually more discerning and maybe even smarter than people who aren't as critical. So it actually feels very powerful to be critical and to get caught in the idea that you are right. The truth is, critical people actually aren't more discerning or more smart. They are simply more critical. So drop the idea that to be taken seriously, you need to be right about your position all the time by trying to prove why other people's positions are wrong. Think of how many arguments and how much contention would decrease in the world if everyone was okay to be wrong. You wouldn't ever find yourself in an argument if you didn't believe that you were right and they were wrong. And it would certainly decrease contention if you didn't need to make them see it your way and say that you were right. Sometimes we get so caught up in not just being right, but having everybody agree with us. Because we're human, we cannot be right all the time. It's just not possible. But it's just as ridiculous as believing you're wrong all the time. But the need to be right all the time just becomes another version of perfectionism that drives us and drives wedges in our relationships. And not just our relationship with our fellow men, but our relationship with God as well. I think a version of loving God and loving our fellow men is our willingness to be wrong and allowing God and others to correct us or teach us or help us to see something we may not be seeing. And it actually is more loving to ourselves to be able to say, it's okay you are going to be wrong sometimes, and I love you still, instead of insisting that we always have to be right to gain our personal approval. That is so unloving and unkind and such an uncharitable expectation to have of ourselves. Those of you who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints know that our prophet, President Nelson, has encouraged us to discover the joy of daily repentance. I remember years ago being told to pray and ask God to show me What I needed to repent of. Now, this practice just supports the idea that we don't always see ourselves clearly, and that if we want to progress and change, we first have to see where we need to make those changes. And so we need to ask. Well, this sounded like a terrible idea to a perfectionist. I didn't want to admit that I was wrong about anything, and I certainly wasn't going to ask God to show me what I needed to do better. It sounded very scary. What I didn't understand then that I understand now is that repenting admitting to God that I didn't do as I should, that I was wrong, or that I had some incomplete knowledge that was influencing my choices, I open myself up to more joy, literally more joy, because I have more confidence in my relationship with God, and I show up in the world as a better human. I can change and progress, which is one of the best feelings we as humans seek, and so that makes me filled with joy. It's also joyful because I started to accept myself as I really was, as a mortal, instead of holding myself to an impossible standard of perfection and then pretending that I didn't need to repent. As I accepted myself as mortal and imperfect, I took the pressure off myself to get myself back to God. I'd started relying more on the one who for sure could get me back there, Christ. As long as I was willing to admit when I was wrong, ask for forgiveness and try to do better tomorrow. I think when we have the courage to say I was wrong and go to God or to someone else that we maybe have wronged and admit that to say those words I was wrong, we are opening ourselves up to so much more happiness and peace and joy. Now again, I want to reiterate that just because you decide that you're willing to be wrong Doesn't mean you are always wrong. That's as unrealistic as thinking you could always be right. So you don't have to believe that you're always wrong. I just want you to be open to the possibility. And truthfully, I sat down and thought about all of the things that I am so happy I found out I was wrong about. Like I said before, I was wrong about who had the power to bring me back to my Heavenly Father. I thought it had to be me. Turns out it was Christ's job from the start. I was wrong when I thought I was unworthy of love. I was wrong about my ability to be a life coach. I was wrong about life needing to be hard. Guess what? Life can be easy too. I was wrong when I believed that I couldn't be an entrepreneur. I'm so thankful I was wrong about the idea that no one would want to marry me. I was wrong about only having five or six kids or homeschooling. I thought I would never homeschool. I was wrong. I was wrong about where was the best place for my husband to get accepted to school. We had ideas of where we wanted to be. We thought they were the best option. In the end, where we were was the best. I was wrong about my ability to live far from home. I didn't think I would ever do it. Guess what? I thrived. I was fine. You see, when you feel like you want to be right all the time, Remember that sometimes on the other side of that, if you're willing to be wrong, maybe some of the best opportunities and feelings and experiences of your life. So what are the benefits of admitting that we could be wrong or that we are wrong? Well, studies show that it actually makes us happier. I mean, of course it does. First of all, we aren't holding ourselves to a ridiculous standard of having to be right all the time. And our self-esteem isn't attached to it. So for sure, we are going to feel happier when we're willing to be wrong. We are also so much more open. Instead of closed off and defensive and resistant, we become open to new ideas and new views, new opinions, not because we have to agree with all of them, but we can at least consider them and see what good that new view could have in our life. It makes us open to understanding others more and expanding our understanding of the world. I believe it makes us more open to revelation because we aren't stuck in the false notion that we know it all or understand it all. And we're not stuck in this idea that the way we understand it is right. When we're open, the Holy Ghost can work with us so much more effectively. Another benefit is that we make stronger relationships with others. Let's face it. No one likes to be with someone who can never admit when they've made a mistake or who won't listen to anyone else's opinion without attacking them or trying to prove them wrong. It is really hard to connect with a person like that, so if you're that person, stop. If right now you're unwilling to ever ask yourself the question, what if I'm wrong about that? I can promise there are people in relationship with you that struggle with you, at least at times. It creates disconnection with others and is really repellent. Intellectual humility allows you to build genuine relationships with others that both of you can enjoy. Another benefit that comes as you practice your willingness to be wrong is that your fear of intimacy and vulnerability will decrease. Admitting you are wrong is very vulnerable. It shows that you are not flawless and that can feel very scary and dangerous to our brains. But the more we practice it, the more comfortable we get with being seen as imperfect. This connects you more with other people than you can imagine. Humans are drawn to other humans who admit their imperfections and weaknesses. We are repelled by arrogant know-it-alls who pretend perfection. When you have intellectual humility, you also become less afraid to fail because you're willing to be wrong. You're willing to try something and do it wrong and the advantage of this is that success and failure live in the same neighborhood. My coach always says that. You can't get to success without being willing to pass through failure. If you aren't caught up in being right or doing it right the first time, you will try and you will be okay to fail because you'll know right around the corner from that failure is the success you are looking for. As you become more and more willing to be wrong Your self-esteem and confidence will grow. I know that sounds crazy, but that's how it works. Something that I've observed in myself and in others is that it is often the least confident people that have the hardest time being wrong. Now, I think, this is just me speaking from my own past experience, that the problem is is that when your self-esteem already feels like it's hanging by a thread, you can't emotionally handle being wrong. Like your self-esteem just can't handle it. But I also find that arrogant people, like genuinely arrogant people, have a harder time being wrong as well. And I think it's actually for the same reason, because they have this overinflated view of themselves. But just like a balloon that is filled to total capacity, like overinflated, at any moment the whole thing could explode and expose how fragile the self-esteem of that arrogant person is. It seems that the most confident people are the ones who are the most open and willing to be wrong. They don't have a belief that they are less than people. They don't have that low self-esteem speaking, telling them that they're less than people. And therefore, they don't feel like they have to prove their worth through their ability to always be right. And they don't have the belief that They are better than any people, they don't have that arrogance, and therefore they don't have that constant worry about protecting this fragile position that they could fall from at any moment. They just believe that they are good, you are good, and therefore it's okay if one of us isn't right, and I'm okay if that's me. You get really good at being wrong when your self esteem is no longer attached to it, when your self worth isn't attached to it, because then you can be so confident and confident enough to be wrong. So, just by starting to practice being wrong, your confidence will grow and you will get better and better at it. Also, as you're willing to be more intellectually humble, more willing to be wrong, you will get better and better at advocating for yourself and for what you believe. You won't be Doing it to try to prove that someone else is wrong, and you won't waste your time trying to change everyone else's mind. First, you're going to have opened yourself up to the possibility that you could be wrong. Like you're going to humbly consider, could I be wrong? You're going to evaluate it. And then you're going to come to a decision again of what you want to believe. Then you will be more confident in yourself and in your belief and have the confidence to move forward no matter who thinks you're wrong. Because when you're okay to be wrong, you're also okay with other people to be wrong about you. Another benefit of being intellectually humble is that you get really good at recognizing when someone is presenting a sound argument. Again, because you become open to receiving the goodness and perspective of others, and because you aren't feeling defensive and panicked about being sure that you're seen as right, You can see when someone's perspective is well thought out and reasonable. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to adopt their point of view, but you can see this is well thought out. I can see their position and you're just way more open to their influence and logic. And the last and really most important benefit of being willing to be wrong is personal growth. I found this quote and I think it sums this all up so well. The person you are now only exists because the person you were was willing to grow into someone new. I want to just say that again. The person you are now only exists because the person you were was willing to grow into someone new. In other words, you are the person you are today, most likely different than the person you were 10 years ago, because you were willing to consider that the way you were doing things then. Or the things you were believing then might not have all been right. And you were willing to be wrong about them and make changes in your trajectory. Listen, it is a practice to learn to be okay with being wrong. And I have already said that I'm still practicing this, but I can tell you that the notion of the joy of being wrong resonates with me because I have felt it. My challenge for you today is to try on the question, what if I'm wrong about that? You can use this question when you think your teenage son is lazy. You can use this when you think the government is stupid. You can use this when you think your husband should be doing more around the house. Just be open to questioning it, genuinely. Another good question to use is, how am I wrong about this? This can sometimes be easier to get to because it implies that you aren't necessarily wrong about all of it but maybe there are some aspects of your point of view that could be looked at and discarded. As fall is beginning to come more to the forefront of our minds, for many of us, September is like January, a new beginning. Fresh lined paper, the smell of new pencils, a new school year. It just seems to be a natural beginning for those of us, especially in North America or in the Northern Hemisphere, that follow that September to April, May, June school year. I have some openings in my coaching program starting in September that I would love for some of you to have. This program is an opportunity for you to take the tools and the ideas that I teach here on the podcast and learn how to apply them in your life to your specific circumstance. September is a great time to give yourself a fresh start and working with me is just that. Together, we will work on your confidence, we'll work on desire, your relationship with yourself and your relationship with other people. This work will take your life from good to great, I promise. That is what it has done for me. So go to my website, jamalynsteffen.com, or look for a link in the show notes and sign up for a free 25-minute session with me. This 25-minute session is actually the perfect length of time for a really busy woman to take a minute to get to know me, tell me about your struggles, and get some free help. It's also a good way for you to learn about what I do and how it can help you going forward. So sign up today before all of my fall spots get scooped up because I would love to meet you. I would love to help you. There's nothing that has brought me more joy than meeting women all over the world and helping them and just loving them and they've become some of my very best friends. Okay, I hope you have a great week. Open yourself up to being wrong. Ask yourself the question, what if I'm wrong about that? Or how am I wrong about this? Just open yourself up to it. Try it on. See what happens. See you next week. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you hear on the podcast and you'd like to learn more, feel free to head over to my website, jamalinstephancoaching.com, or find me on Instagram or Facebook at jamalinstephancoaching.com.